Hello, and welcome to the Ministry Solvers Podcast, where we help break silos and find ministry solutions to your problems. Today, we are going to get insights on special needs ministry, how to start and love those in need. And I'm excited to announce our guest, Ms. Amanda Vaughn. And Amanda Vaughn is the special needs coordinator for his workmanship at Ditton Bible Church. Amanda began in the area of special needs and disability as a parent of a daughter with significant needs. And in asking for support for her daughter at church, she was asked to take over the current special needs ministry, which began her now 23 years of leadership in special needs ministry. And so God has blessed her efforts to offer a wide range of support for the individuals with special needs and the families that love them alongside with developing a body of believers who embrace and value those served in this ministry and so she is also a wife of 33 years and a proud mother and grandmother so miss amanda welcome to the show thank you so much i'm excited to be here thank you yes excited to have you so our topic today is special needs ministry and how to start and love those in need so tell us a little bit more about your story of how you got involved with special needs um, I became a parent first. Um, I had, had already had a daughter and then I had twins and uh, one of those twins was a little girl and her name was Brianna and she was born with special needs that we discovered when she was about 16 months. And mm-hmm. so in that process of her care and providing all that she needed because she had Rett syndrome, so significant needs, it kind of brought me in pretty quickly into the world of disability um, and what that looks like. And so from there, we you know, I went to church and um, they had a buddy for me program, which is where you partner a volunteer one-on-one with a child. And so I mm-hmm. talked to the ministry leader there and he, I asked for her buddy and he said, well, we also need help because that person's leaving. Would you take that position? And I was like, uh, I think I just want a buddy, but God had other plans. And from that, I volunteered in that position overseeing what was just then the buddy for pro- buddy for me program. And um, did that for probably about 14 years-ish, somewhere in there. And then they created a staff position after that. And before that, the ministry was kind of housed under the children's ministry, because that's usually where it starts. And then um, we went on to, I went on to um, be on staff. And so after that, God has just grown it. So I've learned a lot just from my own experiences in raising my daughter And then also I've learned a lot by the people that I've come in contact because of that, whether that's, you know, school staff or other parents of kids with special needs, um, therapists, um, just different avenues and um, areas of resources. So that's kind of how it happened. And God still got me here. (laughs) Amen. I love it. That's great. So why do you feel like sometimes special needs ministry can be such a sensitive topic to the church? I think first and foremost, disability is a struggle for people. I think there's disability of all kinds. I mean, you can have those who are um, physically disabled, but not cognitively disabled. And, you know, and all at some point in life, if we age long enough, we might also be in that category, right? Um, and mm-hmm. I think that's a struggle when it's more of a struggle when you see um, people become disabled or they're disabled from birth. It's just a it's hard for us to grasp the mental, the cognitive, and the physical disabilities of someone and asking that question to God, why? Why do you allow mm-hmm. that? So I think first and foremost, that is it. Um, mm-hmm. We just don't really know where to put that. 
right? In our mind and our thinking and our relationship with God. And then I think people are afraid, you know, they're afraid and they're overwhelmed by what you don't know. And, and sometimes they're so afraid that they keep a distance. And I think it requires us to get past our own insecurities, our uncertainties about how to engage with someone, yes. not our fear of offending someone, um, are looking like we don't know what to do. And so I think that tends to be um, a lot of the issues, kind of the wow. basics. Thank you for explaining that. So can you give us a little bit more about how the special needs ministry started at your church and how you kind of helped develop it over the years? So it started with a one-on-one -on -one helper in a Sunday school classroom, which we called the Buddy for Me program. Mm -hmm. And so it, it really, I don't know how she and why she did. I would assume as I've talked to other special needs ministry leaders, it usually starts with a need. You have a family that comes to your church. And so that's kind of the way things progressed. Um, there was a need and then we reached out and we, we prayed and asked God, what do we do about this need? And so it's developed from the Buddy For Me program. And then I saw a need for some of our young or our teens that um, as they go into the student ministry arenas, they had been in the children's ministry area and they had special needs. And once they hit kind of that student ministry, it was a, it was a lot different. There was a mm -hmm. lot more people, a lot more things going on. The, mm -hmm. the structure and the curriculum and the way that they do things is much more social. And sometimes that's a really ch big challenge. And that's where you see that separation in individuals who are typical and those with special needs is kind of somewhere in that social side of things around that age. And so I saw them going to church with their parents and thought, well, why don't they have a place? And so that mm -hmm. started the need. There was a need. And so I reached out um, to the same children's ministry leader and said, what do we, what can we do? And so that started the rise adult class. And that's why we, we knew they would be aging into that at some point. And then we had our um, individuals, our kiddos and stuff that were in our children's ministry who had special needs and they began to age up and they became teens. And so we realized pretty soon as these adults and teens were together, that wasn't a good mix. And yeah. so the rise teens class started. Um, and then we ended up having some kiddos that were in our children's ministry program who really had a hard time transitioning from spaces or being in large groups and was really not being able to participate and really engage in that Sunday school classroom, whether because of their own sensory needs or they were a flight risk, they wanted to run all the time, or um, they were just not able to really participate. And so we started the Rise Junior classroom, which is your preschool elementary age kids. Um, and from that, it's developed, we kind of set um, kind of with under me, I wanted it to, I wanted these individuals to actually, as they age, learn what the expectation is at church, you know, so that we can actually help them with the schedule and really be able to help them kind of hone in on, on learning about God and what, who God says they are and how do they love God and how they love Jesus and eventually create opportunities for them to serve and be part of the body and serving. And so that looks like we've developed that as we go, we have expectations, we have opportunities. So as they develop into our teens class and our adult class, they're doing mission projects from the classroom. And then we also have some service opportunities that our adults do that gets them back into the body. Wow. Um, and so we also have parent support. And um, we started probably, I think Brianna was probably like five. So maybe just a few years in, Buddy and I, my husband, had gone to a conference for Rett syndrome and mm -hmm. realized, oh my goodness, it was so nice to talk to people who knew the language we were talking, right? Because it's a whole new world. 
And mm-hmm. so we came back and said, we need this at church. And that started the parent survival care group, which went on for about 15 years. And I felt like God was putting on my heart that we weren't really reaching the whole congregation of families that had special needs because it was a once a month meeting, month meeting, mm-hmm. once a month meeting. And, um, not everybody, you know, they had other kids, they had other functions going on, a kiddo with special needs, it's hard for them to be out late at night, changing their routine, all of those things. So we weren't able to have everyone come consistently. We had a a small group of people who were very loyal to it for years. And so what God put on my heart to do was change that to parent survival partners. And that's more of a networking program. And so we broke that down and eventually it evolved into our actual age groups, those are teams. And so those core people, those families or those parents who were very loyal in that care group, they are the leaders of those teams. And so it's a team so that all of those families are coming together to help one another because parent to parent resources are the best when it comes to special needs. So they can be on their team, they can help their team, but those team leaders can have a need kind of come up on their team and then they can connect with each other and then those leaders connect with their team. So it's very much a networking and it's a way to help those parents have connection um, and not be isolated. And um, and so those, those team leaders and those folks get to know each other at some of our fellowships that we have. We have mom's fellowship and a dad's fellowship. And then we also now, since COVID, started a Zoom gathering for moms and they meet every other Monday. And they have an opportunity and you can jump on and off anytime you need to. It's not a real structured thing. It's meant to be along with our parent survival partners, very much depending on your schedule, your season in life, because when you have a special needs child, things change daily. So Mm. um, that set up for that. And then this last year, we were able to do a mom's special needs mom's Zoom Bible study. The Wash in the Word um, and the Zoom Bible study is open to the community. And so that's just really fun to kind of keep stepping out and stepping out and seeing how God is using these things. And so we also create community. It's very important, I think, that we've developed community within each of those age groups and across the board so that um, I watch them. I watch each of those, all those families love on each other really well. That's great. Our parents, they've been through so much and they are folks who really just respond so quickly to pain and to Mm -hmm. struggle. And um, I've watched the students, the volunteers and the families in each of those age groups really get to know each other well and they check on each other. So it's it's developed in different ways and there's lots more I could tell you, but that's kind of it in a nutshell. So no, that's awesome. I mean, man, you guys have really built that out uh, and that's really cool uh, to see. And so when we talk about like a parent with special needs and they come to your church and they come to you, like what is the process of getting them involved? Um, can you walk, walk me through kind of your processes just with them and then maybe behind the scenes as well on getting them into some of those programs you talked about? Yeah, sure. Um, so being a parent of a child with special needs helped mm-hmm. me very much when I was a volunteer because people knew I understood where they were at. Um, And so I've kind of carried that on. So if we have a new family, either contact me ahead of time, or we have a first time visitor form that they can fill out online and I can 
get that information and contact them ahead of time, or they may show up on a Sunday. A lot of people do that and they're visiting. Mm -hmm. So we try to um, meet them where they are. So we have team leads that are over all of these different age groups. Okay. Um, we also have our check-in folks in our Sunday school program who are very familiar with and know how to discern and help discern if it's a child who's in a special needs program at in a school setting, or if they're in an inclusion setting, that we kind of treat that differently. Um, because one in an inclusion setting typically can go into that Sunday school classroom with very minimal support, where someone in a special needs classroom will probably likely need support in order to be in those environments. So we try to, those team leads will meet with those parents. They will gather information from those parents. They usually call me and I'll come down and meet with them. Um, but we try to, if we can, depending on the needs of that child and, and sometimes the comfort level of that parent, mm -hmm. um, try to get that information and discern whether or not that child can be in that classroom without their parent mm -hmm. for that given Sunday. And then if they can, then we allow the parent to go on to church because, you know, sometimes they are visiting. They're just checking out our church. Um, and then I will follow up with them the following week and glean more information from them. And then also point them to filling out an intake form if they're going to be coming consistently. And then I take that information and I create um, a document that I send back to the team lead so then they can then share it with the volunteers. And so it looks like everything from things that we need to be watchful for, if they have seizures, if they have allergies, food allergies of any sort, if there's any running, um, if there are lopers, um, just some really basic things. And then also, what are they interested in? What, what engages them? What works for them in school? What are their struggles? And then what are strategies to help them in that classroom? And so we take that, we're very purposeful about that and trying to give, and I'm an information person, communication person, as much as I can give somebody, I'm going to give them. And so I try to bridge that gap, find out more about the family, what their needs are, what other kiddos they might have. And then I try to connect them with those um, different ministry leaders. So if they have kids in the elementary program, then I'm going to help them figure out where that is, where they need to go. If they have folks in the um, student ministry program, I try to find out the leader that would be over that age group and try to bridge that connection for them. And then I send them to um, finding out other, like at starting point, we have information about Bible studies. There's an app that, that we have that points people to different groups and Bible studies. And I fill them in on everything that we have at church through our ministry. I send them an email letting them know, here's all the stuff that we have to support you. This is when these things are going on. And then I also send them resources that are in the area that has to do with special needs. So I try to cover them as much as possible with support to begin with and then connect them into the body and find out what are they interested in. Where do they want to serve? You know, they can serve within our Parent Survival Partner Teams and mm -hmm. another ministry type things that we have, but they can also then, what do you need to serve somewhere else that you really are gifted in? And does your child need, you know, childcare for that? And and figure out what that need is. And if that need comes up, then I approach that. So that's kind of the process. That's great. So for a church that may not have a special needs ministry in doesn't know where to start mm -hmm. like is there a place where they can access those forms or any resources you would recommend to them really i would say the first thing i mean they can meet other special needs ministry leaders they can contact me mm -hmm. i mean i've shared that type of information with many other people i've been i've had ministry leaders share that with me and so you don't have to go and reinvent the wheel somebody's got something that you can take and modify for yourself um 
so they can contact me. They can um, get to know, they can contact Johnny and friends. Um, they are, they help special needs ministries, leaders, or people who are interested in starting up those kind of ministries in their church. I would say um, getting to know or getting on any kind of special needs ministry leader groups that you can through Facebook or just local churches in your area and really getting getting that information from them. I mean, it's really just a great place to start because they've already done it. So you don't have to redo it. No, that's great. And I know like you talked about with Facebook, there's a lot of good support groups out there on Facebook as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I like that you mentioned Joni and friends and, and I appreciate you for sending that resource to me. And that will also be in our, our notes online as well for people mm-hmm. to access. So thank you for sending those resources. So how do you help each person with special needs grow in their knowledge of the Lord based upon their specific need? Because you, as you said, there's different needs that each person. Mm-hmm. Has. I would say one of the gifts that God has given me through Brianna is really looking at people, um, really slowing down, taking time to see what someone is capable of doing, even mm-hmm. though they may have limitations. So I think that's really shaped um, the way that I have approached and taught and trained our volunteers to do that with our students. And so, um, you know, we, we teach them age appropriately. We don't treat them like children. I mean, unless they are children. Um, so I think that's very important because everyone, I think that's important for the phases of an individual to be treated age appropriately. So we teach the curriculum that we have is age appropriate for, for the students that we have or the individuals that we have. We use hands-on tools um, that we use uh, picture symbols or any uh, lots of pictures um, that helps folks because we have some folks who can't read. Um, and so we use pictures to help them be able to share, right, what is in that. Maybe if we're trying to get them to participate um, in something, they can look at the picture and we can have, you know, Jesus and a heart and they know that Jesus loves. And so there's ways for them to communicate what we're sharing with them and give back what they're applying, being applied, you know, it's applying in their life. And so we use picture symbols. Um, we use very hands-on things like a prayer book and that might have individual pictures of their family in it. That's something that stays in the classroom to help teach them even all as, you know, beginning in the rise junior class we have those type of things so that they can start to begin to pray and look at see learn what that means. Um, we use sign language in our teens class and our adult class. Um, and that just happened because we had a volunteer who knew sign language and the kids loved it. And so, or the individuals loved it. So now we use it every Sunday. And so we also use puppets and that's just another tangible thing that they can use to um, be a part of the story or to review the story. Um, We also expect and promote participation. Um, Sometimes we have folks who don't want to participate or, you know, they um, they have to be encouraged sometimes, or we may have to help them because they're struggling within themselves to even be able to focus. And so we expect and promote that in all kinds of different ways. We use repetition. Um, in our juniors class, they'll do the same lesson two weeks in a row. They'll do the same Bible verse two weeks in a row. And then the, the hands-on part will look different for them in those two weeks. We also use themes in our um, adult class. And that can look like 
we talked about who Jesus is, um, and we've done that theme for a long time. We do that for a period of time, and we use sign language to say that he's God's son, he's our savior, he's our shepherd, and he's our king. And we've got, you know moved on from that to go, okay, well, here this is who Jesus is. Who would we tell people he is, right? That's what we're trying to get them to learn how to do. And then we might have a, a session of lessons that we include that thing, but we say, but, and what does Jesus do? He stands beside us. And so we, we use that same thing over and over and over with them. And so it was really neat because they've learned like the gospel through using sign language. So we have ABCs, admit, believe, and confess. And in our last volunteer dinner, they were able to get up and sign and tell people, tell the folks that were there who Jesus was. And then the teens class was able to share the gospel. So it's really important. And that repetition really helps them um, keep communication and explanation super simple and applicable mm -hmm. to them. Sometimes when we work with individuals with special needs, we tend to over talk um, and try to we, we're, we're moving faster than they are. And so I would say keep it super simple and then allow time for responses to ensure that they understand they're applying what they've got. And, and, and again, we're moving faster, right? Cognitively, we're moving faster. And so we really need to give them time to think about. And so instead of repeating something over and over, when you're just kind of messing up their processing, you need to just stop and wait. And we had an example of this, um, a man that I, he's now in his thirties, but he was, you know, in his um, probably early twenties then. And we were in, um, he was in an adult class and we were doing a lesson on um, the Jesus healing the woman who touched his garment, who'd been sick for, you know, 12 plus years. And uh, we, at that point, we only had a doctor puppet. I think it just got purchased. I don't know why now we have like Bible <laughs> characters, um, but all we had was a picture of Jesus. And so we talked about the verse and we talked ab about applying that. And we talked about how a doctor can give you medication you know, can tell you what you're sick with, can put you in, you know, he'll take care of you in the hospital, but can you touch his coat and he heal you? And we were right. like, no, you know, that makes a big deal out of it. And we had the picture of Jesus and we're like, you know, talking about that. Can Jesus heal you? Yes. You know, went on. And so we went on to the table, did the lesson and talked about it again. We're talking about the same story, kind of going through it all again. And this this young man, he's pretty, has not a lot of facial gestures and getting mm -hmm. him to smile or anything or engage sometime can be challenging. He'll just shake his head no and roll his wheelchair away from you when he's done. And so I was determined to get something from him. I wanted to know, is he understanding what we're doing? Mm -hmm. And so I, um, at the end, I said, I want to see if he understands. And so I put that, that puppet of the doctor there and I put the puppet of Jesus and I said, tell me who healed the woman in our story today. And he sits there and he sits there and he sits there. And everybody, I can tell the volunteers are like wanting to help him, you know, make this decision. And I said, just wait. And so I gave him time and then I asked him again. And this time he starts to reach for the puppet. Mm. And I can tell volunteers are like, no, it's the wrong answer. You know, and I'm like, it's okay. It's his answer. Well, on the, the hand of that puppet is a wand and he took that wand and he hit the picture of Jesus and we just exploded because we were like, he got it, you know? Wow. And so we were so excited 
And it was because, and the, you know, he was excited. He actually smiled because he knew we were praising him for that. Our volunteers learned what it means to really wait on somebody and mm. that these individuals really can learn and understand what we're talking about. And then also we were able to talk to the parents and tell them like, this is what happened today, you know, and that their son was a part of that. So it just was, it was wonderful. That's awesome. That's a great testimony. Thank you so much for sharing that. Sure. So how can we help parents with that struggle with people that have special needs uh, with like resources um, and help them further care for their child? Um, I would say recognize that they live in isolation. A lot of folks, you know, um, it's very isolating. And so um, I would find out, you know, get to know, talk to those parents, find out what, you know, what their life is like. And so mm -hmm. I would say finding ways for them to not be in isolation and how do you bring them in? You know, like we now have some Zoom gatherings. And even though that some of those folks don't go to our church, they may go to other churches and they may not go at all, but at least they're out of isolation. They're hearing the word of God and they're getting support and fellowship. So I would say that. So the parent to parent connection is very important. They need to know they have somebody that understands them and relates to them. Um, so I would say trying to get those parents connected is very important. Um, providing programming for their kiddos, letting them know that, you know, you're willing to go to the nth degree to provide a space for their child to belong and to grow. That's huge for them um, because they've usually been to other churches that have said, I'm sorry, we, you know, just, we can't do that for you. And it it's very hard because in society, they get that in so many ways. It's a struggle with school. Mm -hmm. Doctor's appointments are hard. You never know what the next diagnosis is going to be. Mm -hmm. um, you have people looking at you and staring at your child when you're out in public. You know, being out and about, depending on the, you know, the mobility of your child is hard. So we don't want church to be that. We want church to be a place where we're coming alongside of them and saying, we'll do whatever we can do within our abilities, right, to provide this space for you. So um, that and just opportunities to serve. I, I mean, our families, they want to serve too. They want mm -hmm. to be part of the body too. And yeah. so that's kind of where, and kind of the point of our parent survival partners is so that they can still serve in the capacity that they're capable in the season of life that they're in within the schedule of life and that type of thing. So you can pray for somebody, you can encourage somebody through text, you can bring over a meal, you know, and it just depends. You might be in a season where all you can do is pray and, and that's it. And that's fine, but that's mm -hmm. part of being the body. And so giving them opportunities to serve. That's good. And do you feel like that most parents with, with children with special needs struggle with isolation the most? Or do you, or would you say there's some other things you feel like they struggle with? I think it, it isolation is the bigger umbrella um, mm -hmm. and it's isolation relationally. It's isolation physically because you may not be able to go out and do some of the things that your friends are doing or your child mm -hmm. doesn't do well in a certain atmosphere. You might not be able to go see a movie because your child has a meltdown. You may have to, you know, so it's like there's a lot of limitations that come with disability on your life and on your family unit that are just part of it. Mm -hmm. Um 
I mean, you can find some resources and things to be able to do, but I would say that, yeah, relationally, personally, spiritually, I mean, it just can be very isolating because other people don't understand. Um, and it can be isolating in a lot of different ways. So you talked about the different volunteer teams that you've been able to build out. Mm -hmm. How do you, for someone, like I said, that's starting, how do you build those teams and how do you remove the stigma of fear when it mm -hmm. comes to interacting with people with, of special needs? I think it's important um, to find folks who at least one or two on your teams that have some experience with special needs because okay. they're going to kind of lead the way for the rest of the team. Mm -hmm. That could be your special ed teachers or retired special ed teachers. Um, that could be nurses. That could be um, therapists like your occupation, occupational um, physical therapist, speech therapist. Um, that could be even um, people who are in different type of other therapies that have to, you know, that are related around um, or nursing audiologists that, you know, they interact with individuals with special needs. Could be somebody who's done summer camps in that arena. Maybe they knew somebody, you know, that has a family member um, or has a cousin who has special needs. Somebody who has some experience who isn't afraid. Who isn't, who's kind of used to it or been around it, seen some behaviors, seen some interactions, seen some struggles, seen some limitations. And so they can kind of lead the way. Um, I would say uh, you can also include those folks who are, who've never had experience. And then you offer them the opportunity to come in and observe. I always, when I'm reaching out through ministry leaders or Bible studies, and I present to somebody, I say, come just and see, come see, come see what we do. And usually once they meet the individuals, I don't have to do anything because God uses that individuals to speak to their heart and they want to mm -hmm. be a part of it. Um, that kind of, I think that stigma and all the scariness kind of goes away. Um, so I'll say, come and check it out. No obligation. If you want to do it, great. If you don't want to do it, I totally understand. Um, we give them opportunities to be trained. So I'll do hands on hands with them. I'll sit with them. I'll explain, help them get to know our students that they're going to be engaged with and then give them tools on how to engage with them and then help them kind of step by step. Um, we also offer, offer opportunities for volunteers to be a super sub. If you're not able to come every Sunday, like our weekly uh, volunteers are, then you be a super sub and you come in and save the day when we have a volunteer out. And so that's worked out really well where people kind of will step in that way and then eventually come on a weekly basis. Or we've had our weekly volunteers who volunteered for a long time and they still want to be a part of the ministry, but they just in that season can't do it every week. So that's been a great way um, to do that. Um, I would say advertising through your church. Um, you know, at first you're going to, before you do any of this, you'll have to get, you know, approval from your leadership to start a ministry. but. Once you do, you want to advertise. Is that through a newsletter? Is that through Facebook? Those type of things. And um, like I said, meeting with other other ministry leaders within your your church, especially those that'll impact, like your children's ministry leader, your student ministry mm -hmm. leader, and even maybe your college. I mean, we have some folks coming in in the college ministry from the community. Um, meet with them. Meet with your Bible study leaders and say, "Can I come and present and and get the word out that way?" I would say through um, the families through those ministry leaders start to get the word out that you're looking for people who are interested in being part of the ministry. 
if a child with special needs doesn't have to be be a child that can be an adult, if a, an adult mm-hmm. with special needs could talk right now, what would they want the church leaders to know about them? Um, <clears throat> it kind of goes along with our verse. It's Ephesians two ten. It's His workmanship. Um, for we're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that God prepared beforehand that we would walk in them. And we chose that verse because it says so much, I think about all people and that includes those with special needs. And so I would say they would want you to know that they are created in the image of God, that within their, their limitations, there's also abilities. Um, God has given them abilities to change people without ever saying a word. It's pretty amazing to watch. Um, I would say that um, to know that they can know and love God and love Jesus and they can grow in a relationship and they can, their hearts can be um, touched by the Holy Spirit and, you know, and they can act on that. They're the most, some of them are the most loving people and they don't have all the um, hindrances that we have because of some of their, you know, cognitive levels. And so they love very unconditionally. I would say that they're part of God's plan for the church. Um, They're not to be put off in a classroom or just taken care of or just served. The whole family um, is meant to be a part of the church body, and there is benefit to that. Um, And God, I mean, you look at who Jesus reached out to. It was folks who were disabled, who were sick, who were needing help, Um, and that they bring glory to God. with their abilities and with their disabilities in ways that we cannot even comprehend, but I see it. So I would say those are the the top things they would want people to know that they're a person, that they have interest, they have abilities. That's awesome. For a church that's trying to be more inclusive of people with disabilities, like maybe they want them to serve somewhere, but they're concerned about whether or not they would fit or them having a mm-hmm. positive experience. What advice would you give? I would say, um, first and foremost, check your attitude, check your perspective, make sure you believe these things that I just said, um, because that's going to affect how much effort and how you move forward with helping this person be a part of the church. Um, I would get to know the person, find out what their interests are, what are they capable of doing, and then think outside of the box for them. Um, what are some areas that you wouldn't think of that they might be able to serve in? Um, and so I would, I would think first and foremost, you need to, you know, think about how do you perceive them? Are there any closing thoughts you would like to share? I think what I would want people to understand is that, um, you don't want to miss out on having a special needs ministry Mm. because, I think there's, like I said, God makes them in his image Mm -hmm. and he's made them broken in some ways, right? There's, you can see their physical limitations or their emotional limitations or their cognitive limitations. And I think in a lot of ways, he uses that to remind us of our own. And I think that when you don't have that those families in your congregation, you're missing out on a huge component that God intended for the church. Because not only is it the individuals and the impact they make, even with their disability, I can't explain it, but I see it. Um, and it's him. I mean, it's God in them is what it is. And so 
they bring so much of Jesus to the congregation that's much needed in the way that they interact with people. Um, the parents, they have a resilience to them. They have a willingness to love on each other. They have a willingness to give of themselves, even though they are burnt out and tired and exhausted. And, you know, um, and so you don't want to miss out on those folks in your congregation because they, they have the same ability to look and see people because they've been doing that with their child or their, their individual. I would say you don't want to miss out on those volunteers because those folks are people who have so much to offer. And they have um, a willingness to be there and sometimes in, in, in showing up and doing hard things on a Sunday. We, you know, we have students who have struggles and it's not easy, but they're willing to sacrifice and to give in ways that you may not be able to see in other ministries at the church. So I would say you don't want to miss out on it because God intends it for your church. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much. Yes. This has been very helpful. Thank you so much. It's been fun. Awesome. Would you mind closing this out in the word of prayer? Oh, no, I'd love that. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning and we just thank you so much for all that you do. That we don't even know all the behind the scenes things that you're even doing now, Lord, that you're people who will hear this, who will, who've been thinking about ministry, who've been thinking about serving in a special needs ministry, Lord, that this will prick their hearts and it'll cause them to make that final step. And Lord, I pray for all the leaders out there who are struggling now or who's thinking about it or who's walking through these ministries, Lord, that you will just give them an extra boost of courage and strength and energy, Lord. We thank you that you have created people of all abilities, Lord, and we thank you for the way you use them in our lives and how you, they really do change us from within. And I thank you um, for those opportunities to be around those folks. And I I thank you for Aaron and the, the ministries that he is doing, Lord. And I thank you for this opportunity to, to share what you have taught me, Lord. And I am just humbled by it. And I, I thank you for um, going before and, uh, and creating new opportunities in these churches, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So if people want to reach out to you, how can they do so? If they want to have any more, if they have any more, any more questions or anything like that. I would say they can email me at um, hisworkmanship at dentonbible.org. Hisworkmanship his. at dentonbible.org. Mm -hmm. Great. Thank you so much. Awesome. Well, if you would like to hear more content like this or want to get updates from us, please go to msolvers.org and you can join and be added to our email list. And of course, we'll also have the additional resources that Miss Amanda was so gracious to provide for us as well. Well, may God give you the grace to be steadfast and movable and abound in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. Thank you so much and have a good rest of your day.